We are talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel. What's up, Ty? Not much. I've gotten to do a lot more riding this week, so, I mean, that's happy. I haven't done much riding. Well, you've been, you know, all over the place. Yeah. So that's understandable. I'm going to ride tomorrow, though, so it's going to be good. I'm going to ride to work. It's not that far, but still <laughs> on a motorcycle, which is good. Hey, um, at least you're on two wheels. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We don't own the rights to that. I don't. That's another YouTube channel. I it, have no something. idea what you're talking about. Don't so, really care. Don't sue us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we had some races this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to watch them together, which was a bummer, but uh, we'll get the next one. And this was a crazy weekend. First time with the sprints, opening, you know, races of the season. Although, you know... Everyone, everybody got hurt. Everybody, <laughs> You were talking about how riders were going to get hurt having the sprint race and race. And it's crazy because... It's not like the sprint race itself added more danger. I mean, because people were getting hurt in qualifying. People were getting hurt in the sprint. And people were getting hurt in the race. Yeah. I mean, Paul Sparago never made it to the sprint race, I don't think. I have. No. no. Well, speaking of Paul, Paul got hurt in the free practice, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he actually, he fractured a vertebra, broke his jaw, and he had bruised lungs. He's in really, really rough shape. Yeah. I. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but I'm not sure if he makes it back. That's hard. Personally, but we'll, I know, we'll talk I know, about I know that I later. I talk a lot of trash, but I mean, no yeah, one, I, mean, I don't want to see someone hurt no. like that. Well, then he is a good racer. I mean, I was actually excited to see him back on a KTM because he was better on a KTM. That's true. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but exciting weekend of races. We got a lot to cover. So before we do that, though, we want to give a shout out to Morton's BMW in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, They are sponsoring our Fantasy League this year, which is awesome. They are going to give a $50 uh, gift card for apparel in the uh, store there for the winner, which at this point is neither of us. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not that we could win anyways. You know, it's funny because I was like, oh, man, what happens if we win our own thing? I don't think I'm... Right now, after just this go week, with, yeah. it's not a concern. No, it's it's really not. (laughs) But... um, yeah, Morton's is a great place. Uh, if you're looking for a motorcycle, they're a great place to get. Not just BMWs because they do have used uh, stuff as well. They're great people to buy from because when you buy from Morton's or you get work done at Morton's, you become part of Morton's. Even if you just go in on occasion to look at the bikes, you'll get to know the people there and they'll get to know you. It's just a great spot. It's the biggest BMW motorcycle dealership on the mid in the mid-Atlantic. Well, I actually didn't know that. And it's crazy because they're so well known and they're so big. Um, you know, they actually there's there's people that will they'll send postcards and they're they'll have a GS1200 and they're in Wyoming. <laughs> like, you know, and it's got Morton's BMW sticker on their bike and it's just it's crazy how just how many people will come just to buy bikes from them. It's just, I mean, they have some pretty far reach. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Well, they're great, and we're excited that they're sponsoring our Fantasy League this year, and hopefully, uh, you know, somebody that wins will be able to hook them up with that, and they do, I think you can still order some stuff online yeah. as well, so if you are from far away, which we have 50 people in our Fantasy League, which is just killer, a lot of them from around the world, Yeah, yeah. which is also cool. I wonder, I mean, we got to get, I wonder how many of those people are listening to the podcast. Hopefully all of them, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we'll have to uh, hook you up with your gift card and figure out how to, how to work that out when the time comes, if you're somebody from far away, but we'll figure that out when it, when it gets there. 
All right, Ty. Portugal. We had sprint races and we had, you know, a regular race as well. What were your initial thoughts here on the sprint race? So, and this is not necessarily a sprint race. This is maybe more of a fantasy thought that how, how sprint race affects that. Because mm-hmm. now effectively, you have, if you get hurt in the sprint race and you don't finish the sprint race, Okay, yes, that's sad. I'm not just thinking... I feel like the best analogy I can think of for the effects of sprint races is like when you're rock climbing. You know, you have to put your... I don't know what you call it, but you, you put your point in to the mountain. And I was taught that where when you fall, you have to calculate that when you go past that point that you mark in, you're going to fall twice that height. So if you're 10 feet away from that, you're going to fall 20 feet. Sounds... I mean, and that's something you have to t- keep in mind. So, you, you know, when you're picking points with... with MotoGP now with the sprint races, if you crash out, you're yes. not just like listening, losing 25 points. You know, you're losing 37 points. So Fabio, uh, Pecco now has 37 points. If he, you know, if you miss race two, and let's say he wins sprint and main race next one, now you're going to be 70 points, 70 something points away from the next person. So it's, Honestly, Valentino Rossi's method with sprint racing and premier in like the in the main race, his strategy would be absolutely fantastic. This mm-hmm. I feel like Valentino Rossi would actually have done really well if this had started before because he was never a number one rider. But if he finishes both races continually, now he's not just got twenty twenty one races; he's got forty two. Yeah, I mean the sprint races have like. Man, they have like messed up my entire brain as far as fantasy goes. But we're gonna get into that in a little while. Um, so that was a lot. But the, yeah. that, the, the sprint races—it's just—it's crazy how the scoring—it's just changed it's, everything. It's completely buggered. It's changed everything. It's changed the way the world championships gonna go. It's—it's it's changed everything. And I still am not really sure that I like it. Um, but so I was an advocate for it. I thought it was great. More racing. I literally think this, the second the sprint race ended, I went, I don't like this. <laughs> I regret everything. You were like, Dakota was right. Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to eat my words. You are like, five of these might have been cool. I actually think I said that. I was like, you know, I'm saying this is going to be great, and then I'm going to eat my own words. Well, I'm doing that right now, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't like it. So here's the thing. Sprint race kicked off. Um, first, the qualifying was nuts. We ended up with... A very odd. Um, <laughs> Your text messages after you watched the the qualifying. I asked if you had watched it, and you said, "Oh, dude, Honda's a bunch of sandbaggers." <laughs> Which now I'm actually taking that statement back, and I'll explain that in a minute. But Mark ends up on pole position miraculously. It was just ridiculous. I don't. I still don't quite fully understand it because he shouldn't have been able to do it. But he did it. Mark, Mark, Mark. Exactly. That's the only time I'm going to say it in this podcast because <laughs> I don't think I can ever again. <laughs> um, but, you know, Pecco looked great. Yeah, it was just mm, Jorge looked good. But the sprint race, there were so many crashes. There were just, it was crash after crash after crash. And, I mean, both the Mooney boys crashed out in the sprint race. Uh, so VR46 team, gone for the sprint race. Worst because. I got both of those guys on my team. <laughs> um, and then Anea falls off and breaks his stinking shoulder, which we found out that he does not have to have surgery, which is good, uh, because if he had had a surgery, 
he's missing a significant portion of the season, which with this, he might only miss a race or two. Um, I don't think that he's coming back this week in Argentina, but I mean, I think they confirmed that he's unfit for Argentina. Cause I know that Oliveira's out. Mark is out. He's out so, or potentially out. Pole is obviously out. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, a lot of crashes. Um, but here's what, what I was saying about Mark is that Mark was riding on the edge the entire time. Like every. Oh, when I was watching, I was talking about if you watch his bike. I mean, all the Honda looked a little bit squirrely. Every turn. He was like. But his bike was just absolutely all over it, it the was place. like he was having to save every corner. And I don't know if that's him or the bike. Or it's both. the bike. It's got to be the bike because if you look at the others, think about Juan Mir. Juan Mir completely ruined Fabio Quadraro's sprint race. Quadraro had a terrible start. Let's be fair about that. But Quadraro, if you look at how well he progressed in his sprint race, if Mir had not literally crashed into him in a corner, right. <laughs> um, which so, Mir did get a long lap penalty for the next race for yeah. that, but... You know, so if Mir had not done that, Quadraro probably would have at least had a couple more spots and at least been in the points. I have I, this is just a funny observation. You know, when you have research and development, all the riders have an impact on the bike. This is what happens when you put too much uh, weight in the research and development done on Takanakagami's bike. Because <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's just Jeez. taking everybody yeah, out. Yeah, well, that's kind of true. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is because people are so mad at Mark. They're like, you know, he's torpedoing people. He's yeah. got to... We're going to get into that in a little bit, Ty. All we right. can't talk about that yet because we haven't even gotten to that race yet. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Mir absolutely just made a really bonehead because Mir was also way overriding that bike. If you look at the people who weren't overriding that bike, guess where they were? way further back (laughs) you know Renz wasn't overriding it he was just riding it is is you know normal Takanakagami obviously just kind of cruising on it and they weren't like almost wrecking every time they took a corner whereas Mir which is shocking because he doesn't typically ride like that but Mir and Mark were both on the edge and Mark just stayed on the edge because he's better you know he can do that longer but Clearly, it wasn't. That, it was. Twi- I have never seen a bike twitch that much. I mean, it yeah. looked like a rabbit squirrel. Yeah. Well, and I think that he was showing how good he is as a as a rider to be able to accomplish that for an entire sprint race. Yeah. Um, well, the crazy thing about a sprint race too is, I mean, that I never thought about is you don't have to worry about tire wear to the same degree. Not to the same degree, and the bike is lighter because you've got less fuel in it, so yeah. they're faster right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also dangerous because they're faster before they've taken a warm-up lap, essentially, you know, to heat up the tires a little bit more, you know, because they don't really rip it until after, like, that one or two laps, and then their pace starts picking up, you know Oh, yeah, I mean? ripping it when you're in that group is scary. <sighs> yeah. Which we found out. Yes. I wonder if Dorna is going to retract the sprint races at some point in the season. They just need to do less of them. They just need to do less of them, but... We're going to get into that in just a minute as well. Yeah. We got to talk about Alation Maverick, though, because this was fascinating. They were going at it. I thought they were going to crash each other oh, yeah. in the sprint race. Yeah. I mean, they were relentless on each other. And they don't it, like each other. I think if I remember correctly, I've seen some, some like over social media, they've, they've had some scuffles. Well, that was my kind of thought is like, what is that going to do to their paddock over the season? Because Maverick wants to be the number one seat. I'm at sorry. Aprilia. And, and Anaya's like, sit down, child. Or Aleish. Aleish. Yeah, but Aleish has been there. He's the reason Aprilia is where it's at. Yeah. 
And so it's like, will Maverick take that spot if he does better than, will he become the number one Aprilia rider? Like, I don't know, but it seems like there's some beef there. And that's going to be interesting to see how they do, especially since Maverick ended up doing better on the main race. Um, yeah. But back to Fabio, biggest problem. We're going to talk about this in a little bit as well. But the biggest problem with the Yamaha right now is its qualifying time and its launch. I don't know what happened, but they got to fix that. But then again, overall, I think that Fabio did pretty well considering his start, his qualifying position, and what happened with Mir. I think that he salvaged something even though he was just out of the points because – Ninth is the last place that you get points in the sprint race. So he was he was intense, so just outside of that. However, Jorge, come on, did exactly what we wanted him to do. I mean, he yep. was like blistering fast, really, really good, except Pecco was flawless. I mean, you, the dude. I think was, I have a new least favorite rider. I know. <laughs> I just. The thing that's so frustrating is because you watched, like, last year, he won the championship, and you just felt, it just didn't feel right, and now <laughs> he just, like, he wins both, and you're just like, ah, oh, it just Well, makes- and now everybody's like, yeah, see how great, Pecco is, like, one of the great, everybody's saying, like, Pecco's one of the greatest now, and I'm just like, whoa. You know, when the, when the he's Mar- one, he's, chill. <laughs> I, th- I think it's so funny, because when the Marquez thing came out, the, what's it called? Um, all in. All in, Yeah. And people were like, oh, I love Mark. I hope he, you know, he's champion's back. You know, that's what they were all saying Not after the sprint him. race. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and you know, everyone's like, oh, Peko got lucky. And I was like, you would like, look at the comments on the social media. And then after the main race, and everyone's like, oh, Peko's the champ. Yeah. Mark sucks. And I'm like, gosh. Well, and it's crazy because Mark exceeded everyone's expectations. Oh, tenfold. I mean, no one actually expected Mark to be on the podium. This was very reminiscent, though, of the 2020 season when he hurt mm-hmm. himself to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's was almost scary. it's almost identical. Watching him race was scary this oh, yeah. weekend. But then Pecco, though, I mean, legitimately, he rode perfectly this weekend. I mean, I hate it. It, it was really rough, and you I'm know, seeing red this year. Some can say that that's because he's on the best bike, which he is. But you can't take away that he is a very good rider. I mean, he, he should be there. He's doing really well. Uh, but I was still, you know, I'm kind of kind of disappointed that Anaya got hurt because I was really looking forward yes. to seeing how he compared to Pecco. And yes. we didn't really get to see that. I was super frustrated by that because I think that with all these hurt riders in the first race, you've Change the entire championship. The entire championship is different now. So. I will say, other than the first two riders, there's only two Ducatis in the top top six um, spots in the in the sprint race. Yes, and there's eight Ducatis, but most of them crashed. That's true. <laughs> you know, so I think because you now because now you have Ducati, but then you have Honda, KTM, and uh, Aprilia. Mm-hmm. So that's just cool to see more manufacturers up there. That was the one thing I think I thought about the sprint race that was cool, was just because it wasn't so long. I feel like the Ducati is just when a bike is that much faster than everybody else, every lap that goes by, 
it's getting that much more distance, but right. you have that much less time to gain that distance when you only have what 13 laps. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, and the last thing about the sprint race, is, and we're going to talk more about this in the main race, is that Jack Miller kind of came out of nowhere, blew everybody's brains Dude, out. KTM has figured something out. Yeah, well, I know what it is, and we're going to talk about it because we got to include that with Brad Bender. So let's move on to the main race on Sunday. Um, let's just, let's just start with KTM. I don't even want to talk about the main race. <laughs> <laughs> let's just start with KTM because there's some other stuff, but Jack and Brad were heroic in this race. Okay. Oh, yes. They were, it was cool because they were right there with each other. You know, Brad's got that neck thing that he's dealing with Yeah. and, but they're riding there. It was almost like they were like, all right, bro, it's me and you against everybody else. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, and they were shaking and baking and bros. just tearing it up. Dude, they're good teammates. They are good teammates and they worked really well together. And what was awesome was that they shocked the world. So here's what happened. They had a, they had like literally on their way to like everything qualifying, all of that before they started qualifying on their way there, they were changing software code on the bike. So what they were struggling with was finding the right software, um, like combination for the bike. And they figured something out electronic with the bike to make it better. Now, here's the thing about KTM though. I'm not like super all in on the KTM's going to be contenders. Like, okay, they're going to be pretty good, but KTM is also really, really historically like up and down. (laughs) so they're pretty inconsistent so there's no telling what's gonna happen from here but jack miller and brad bender deserve to like be celebrating as if they won because everyone previous to this race said that they were one of the worst bikes on the grid because of their testing they were like that their bike is crap they're gonna be awful this year and then they came out and just crushed it well yeah i still I still think it's funny. I, I was going to talk about this until Paul got hurt, but I just I do think at the testing, that after he had talked so much garbage about Honda when he left, and when he went to Honda, he had come from KTM, and he talked so much crap about KTM, so he had gone back. So just both teams that he was trash-talking mm-hmm. did the exact opposite of what he said. Right. Um, but I'm going to say something. I don't know 100% of the facts, but I was just actually talking with my dad about this, and he'll know more about this. I'll get more details for the next podcast, but... At one point, when Honda was so superior to everybody else, I remember Ducati had gone to Dorna and they had complained about, um, I don't remember if it was the interface, there was something that they didn't, they didn't think was fair. And so then Dorna said, okay. And they literally made all the bikes have the same, I don't, I don't remember what part of it it was, but they all had the same. And that was when Honda Repsol started going down. Hmm. And that's when Ducati started going up. So if you wanted some another reason to not like the red team, <laughs> there you have it. Interesting. Hmm. Like I said, I don't have all the details on that. I'll have to talk more about that next week. But that is something that I was learning about that I was like, ah, I, I don't like Ducati. <laughs> and it makes me mad that I want to buy one. <laughs> well, since you're bringing up Ducati again, let's talk about Peko briefly in this because there's not really a whole lot to talk about other than the dude looked bulletproof. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure people could have thrown marbles in front of him on the track and he would have been fine in this race. His pace at the end of the race versus at the beginning of the race was only like two tenths difference. That's crazy. Yeah. The fact that he had that kind of pace for every single lap, that's, 
pretty amazing. And, you know, Maverick honestly gave him a really good run at it. Uh, I was kind of shocked to see Maverick up there. Yeah, yeah. I think that some of that was due to the crashes and things like that. But Maverick ran a really good race. I, it makes me wonder, are the stars aligning a little bit for Maverick? Because that's what it takes for him to be great. Which means that it has to align every single race, which is unlikely. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that Maverick is going to be like, oh, maybe he's going to win the championship or anything like that. But I do think that he's going to probably win this year some. Yeah, I uh, And I think that that's going to be kind of cool, even though I don't love Mad- Maverick all that much as a fan. But um, he did a, he ran a really good race, and he did give some pressure to Pecco, but he just couldn't quite make it make it happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see how if he's going to be improving on his consistency this year. We'll yeah. see. He's on a great bike. He is. And Aleish did great, too. People were ragging on Aleish after this race, but he finished seventh place after he had, I don't know what happened to him, but he was way back in the pack, like 14th. Oh, yeah. And he worked, I mean, that dude was on a mission. Watching him just plow through the, <laughs> through everyone to get up there. I don't know if I would say plow, because that's going to translate more to Mark Marquez's Facts. story. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he just worked his way up like it was nothing, and he was super angry. He looked like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Yeah. He was super <laughs> angry after the race because he didn't do as well as he wanted to, but he was in contention for fourth place. Yeah. The fourth place battle was like... Oh, it was... It was. But... With that being said, we have to talk about what happened. So, Mark... I was just... Mark messed everything up, okay? Mark single-handedly accomplished my favorite rider <laughs> taking out my entire fantasy team for the main race. Because yeah. I had... So, my gold team was Mark Marquez, which I changed last second. I don't think I... Last time we talked, it was not Marquez. Mm-hmm. But I just... He had said some things on Instagram, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm I'm feeling like maybe he is sandbagging it and he's gonna do really well. And then they went into qualifying and I was like, I'm feeling pretty at one point on their league I was in first place and then after the sprint race I was in second place. And I was like, I'm feeling pretty good. And then he took out Miguel Oliveira, which I don't I don't he's not my team, but he did make contact with Jorge Martin. Well, speaking of that contact, the he potentially, broke his toe. yeah, I would say he broke a metacarpal in his foot or something like that, mm-hmm. and that happened because his motorcycle crushed his foot. I didn't realize that that had happened. I thought he just kind of bumped into him and it pushed him out of the way. No. Mark like ruined Jorge's weekend because yeah. Jorge was like he had a podium. He was like he was doing really well in that race and was probably gonna finish. Close to the top, if not on the podium. Like, he was going to do really well in that race. And then Mark messed him up. And I well, think... The crazy thing is he didn't crash right there. He no, crashed later. No, he crashed six laps from the end of the race. And yeah. I think the reason that that happened is, one, his foot was jacked up. And he lost... Apparently had lost some of his arrow. And he rode that, rode that whole race and actually moved up and was right behind Fabio. But I think what happened was when Fabio and Jorge saw that they had the opportunity to reach that pack that was fighting with for fourth, I think Jorge thought, I can salvage this. And I think he pushed it a little too hard, and that's what caused him to crash. Right. Which he wouldn't have had to do any of that if Mark had not 
literally slammed into him and then T-boned Miguel Oliveira and, like, ruined the guy's life. I, so, I think I, I've seen a lot of people going out there and they're hating on Mark Marquez. I mean, they're saying, like, he needs to, like, leave MotoGP altogether. Yeah, that's a huge, huge overreaction. And, and I've heard people saying, like, Mark Marquez is a veteran rider and he should be more mature than to ride like that. However, here's my stance on it. Honda has not produced a good bike. Mark is riding it far beyond its capability. We can all agree on that. I mean, we saw Fabio get into a little bit of this. I mean, he didn't make contact with anybody. Right, and and we'll talk a little bit about Fabio in a minute, but, like, you're right. Fabio had ridden the Yamaha beyond its limits, and you know what happened? He crashed a couple times in the last part of the season last year. It's what ended up losing him the, the, the championship last year. And this year... Mark is far exceeding what that machine can do. And when you do that, you're putting yourself in danger. And a lot of people, and other people, and a lot of people are saying things like, you know, Mark is more mature. He shouldn't be riding like that. But I'm at the same time, I'm like, well, listen, Honda's not paying him to lose. Yeah. He's not going out there to lose. So he's going to do whatever he can to win. Also, I mean, if you watch that crash, I don't, it didn't look like he was. It, I feel like I would have understood more if it looked like he was trying to pass both of them right there. But if you look at it, I think he went hot. But when he when he braked, I mean, it was like he just really locked that front end up. Yeah. And at that point, you're a torpedo. You can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. It's out of your control. Um, I mean, it's, I do it's, think he was just braking too late, and because of that, exactly what you happen, said happened happened. And I think that he just couldn't recover that. I think that. He was riding too far for what the bike was capable of. But there's got to be some onus on Honda knowing that, that they're expecting Mark to win. And then when he goes out there and, and, and the only way for him to get a podium or to get that, that qualifying time or whatever is to ride lights out. And Mark knows that I can do that for 12 laps in a sprint race. I can't I can't do that. So I've got to get ahead as much as possible so that I can survive this race and and, yeah. and salvage what I can. And you know what? That's not fair to Mark. And it's not fair to put that all on him. Is he did he make a mistake? Sure. But do other riders make people weren't yelling that Nakagami should be well, He took out Pecco. Oh, that's what I'm saying, and nobody was saying that he shouldn't be in MotoGP anymore, other than you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I never say he shouldn't be in MotoGP anymore. I just thought we should call him the weapon that he is. Yeah. And but, like I said, this is what happens when you use too much research and development from just talking about <laughs> <like> a guy. <laughs> but yeah, I I think that people are being a little cruel to Mark. It is unfortunate that Mark messed up Jorge's race. He messed up Oliveira bad because Oliveira was doing well at his home track. Yeah, and he. Well, had I think the that's part of why he got so much hate is because it yes. was it was it was Portugal fans yes. watching Miguel Oliveira at his home track yes. get demolished. Well, by and then Mark in Marquez. addition to that, Miguel Oliveira gets actually hurt and he has to miss the next race too. Yeah, which Mark got hurt. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's gonna have to get surgery. Yeah, on his right hand, which is the other one, right? Yep. <laughs> so, so, Which I, I, that's actually also where I was kind of concerned too, because one of the last things that he said is if he ever has to go under scapula again, he's done. I think he might have just meant for the other arm. Oh well, <laughs> or he's just like loopholing it right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he was when he said that. I, I was like, he's gonna say that, but then he's gonna you know actually 
look at leaving MotoGP and he's going to not be able to do it. What is he going to do when he's not racing? Can you imagine him just sitting in a hammock? No. With a nice ice-cold beverage? <laughs> no. Not going anywhere? No, so Mark's crash, all of that, or Mark crashing everyone and all of that was really, really rough. Um, it was hard on the whole, the whole race. Uh, but a lot of people crashed in this race even outside of Mark. Uh, Luca Marini crashed, which was a huge bummer for me because, again, he was on my team. And I was kind of wondering, like, how is this possible? He doesn't crash at all the entire first season that he's in. He crashes one time. And then the first race of his second season, he crashes both races. <laughs> so I don't know if this is maybe like a sophomore slump for him or something like that. But uh, that was a struggle for him. Uh, Mer- uh, Bedzeki, though, his partner, great. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on now. I'm really <laughs> glad that he was on my team. Uh, because he did super, super well. I, he had a lot of expectation on him. He's on the 22 Ducati, so for him to be able to run up there in front of some of the 23 Ducatis, yeah. good good on him. Uh, he's going to be a force. He's going to be one to watch out for as as we move through his career. Uh, but Also, with this main race and the sprint race, all of it together, I just need to go out there and say that I was right about Alex Marquez. I got something to say about that. <laughs> Alex Marquez did do really well. However, I don't want to look at this and go, like, I'm on the Alex Marquez train now. I do think that he's, like we've said a bunch of times, he's probably going to be in the top 10 on a regular basis. But this is a track that he is very good at. In Two years ago, he got fourth place here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like he's not good here anyways. And he had the testing, which is multiple days of familiarity with the track, riding, riding, riding. That's why they're so fast here this year is because they had two days of testing right before they do all of the riding. So right. I do want to give him credit that he did a good job. However, I don't want to look at that and go, man, he's going to be on the podium like on a regular basis. Oh, I don't think he's going to be on the podium. But I do think, I mean, of all of the less expensive fantasy riders, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's two he's million dollars, and you have a top yeah. ten contender. He's great, and I'm interested to see how the pricing of them changes. That we haven't seen that happen yet. It'll probably happen after this next race. We'll get some cost adjustments. Yep. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that goes with him specifically. But well, here's the thing: is if he, if he goes up enough, do you try to trade him for up? trade him up for someone you think is going to be well that's what yeah that's what i'm saying if you've got him on your team so we'll get into some of that strategy in a minute but last two people we want to talk about for the main race was uh, zarko is the one who won that fourth place battle which was hilarious (laughs) because in the last lap literally in the last lap he moved up like four spots to get fourth place yep he came out of nowhere and just put a blistering pace in that last lap and passed everybody like all at one time too, <laughs> and I can just only imagine like how people were like, "What just happened? How? What? <laughs> you yeah. know?" So, got to give him some props for was that. He, someone was talking like they were like bedridden sick before the motor. That was race. him. Yeah, yeah, so, he was sick. <laughs> that, this is his flu game. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> so, Michael yeah. Dr- you know what's even funnier is he's on Pramic Ducati, which is very eerily similar to the the motorcycle team that Michael Jordan actually sponsored. I don't know if you've ever seen those bikes, but Michael Jordan actually sponsored a motorcycle racing team. I did not even know that. Yep. 
So, yeah, the last person we got to talk about, last but not least, is Fabio Quadraro. Another terrible start. He got 10th place two times in a row. Yes. And his spot here was terrible. His start was terrible. And he ended up in like 16th to begin with. And I'm like, what is happening? But I do think that we've got to give him some credit for how well he rode because he did move all the way up to contention for that fourth place battle. Yeah. You can't. I know that there was a crash and all that and that messed things up, but. He worked his way through, and some people are saying that he still has trouble overtaking. He overtook people, like, quite a few people to get up there, at least four. And I'm like, I don't know that you can say that he has trouble overtaking when he did that in the sprint race and in the main race. Oh, yeah. Pretty flawlessly. (laughs) He just started from behind. If he could start from the front, he's lethal. Yeah. You know, and I think he can put a run at it, so. I think that Yamaha, too, I mean, it's a newer bike. He's still got to get used to it. Yes, that is also true. Um, wow, you're right. That picture is very similar. Yeah, I mean, it's Weird. purple. And <laughs> it's, I just think it's funny that Michael Jordan, of all people, sponsored a motorcycle. Yeah. So, all right, Ty, let's move on to the Argentina race that's coming up. We're going to go over just a little bit of information about the track, about the previous podium, and we're going to give some predictions, and then we're going to move to fantasy and finish out the podcast focusing on fantasy because that's really where it's at for us. So Argentina last year, 2022, the results were first place. Uh, That is the wrong people. I got the wrong list up. Hold on. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to give you the wrong thing. So first place was Aleish Esperargo. Second place was Jorge Martin. And third place was Alex Rins. So that is the podium from last year very very different than what I would have thought but we've got to consider that when we're going in thinking about who's going to do well this year so the track data here is we are like I said in Argentina and it is a 2.99 mile long track so it's three miles long that's 4.8 kilometers it's 16 meters wide which is about 52 feet That's a pretty wide track. It's not the widest, but it's not the most narrow either. There's five left corners, nine right corners, and the longest straight is 3,530 feet, which is 1,076 meters. Mm. So it's a pretty long straight, uh, which is interesting, but there's a kink in it and then a really sharp turn. Yep. So I don't – there's going to be some, like, brutal breaking in in that turn uh, going from uh, turn, I think it's – uh, what five to six so it's going to be pretty pretty awesome only breaking marquez unfortunately is going to be doing it's going to be on his right arm oh my gosh you're brutal <laughs> i'm so <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> so ty let's let's uh let's see here let's talk a little bit about the sprint race predictions what do, yeah what do you think is going to happen in so, this sprint race because your choices are close but not the same as mine <laughs> For, so for the sprint, I feel like is actually my more reasonable choices. My main, I feel like I'm a little bit out there. People are going to probably say, like, Ty, what are you thinking? But I'll, I'll explain my reasoning. Um, I think for the sprint race, Jorge Martin, I feel like he's going to be the favored. He's going to be po- He's going to be expected to be on the podium in almost every sprint race, I think. He's, I mean, that's definitely where his, his gravy's at. That's yeah. not a saying, but I'm going to make it one. Um <laughs> And then I have Alessio Spirago. I think he's going to be really strong this year. I really do. Um, I, sh- I struggled with whether or not I was going to pick him. 
Yeah, I the, the hard thing I feel like I have with Elise is I don't know that I really see him as a sprint rider. He is really good, I feel like, long-term. and Maybe not this last main race, but typically I feel like he can do pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he was sixth place in the sprint race yeah. this week, though, so, right behind Maverick. So I, I think he for this next sprint race, I feel like he can he can really pull it out. And then I, I'm going to be really upset, but I think Pagnaia is still going to get third in the sprint race. <laughs> and you're but, just saying that because you don't want him to get first. Well, <laughs> you know what? If I had to choose him getting first place between the sprint and the main, I want him to win the sprint, sprint and then fail at the main. Sure. Less points. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, who I, that's who I envision doing one, two, three at, at this, at this track, I think, uh, cause I mean, Elias has, you know, a history of doing pretty well at this track. Yeah. Um, so, so my sprint race, pretty similar. Uh, I think Jorge Martin's going to win this one, uh, because he was second place, um, last year. Is that what I said? Yeah. He was second place last year. So he's definitely got a, he's good at this track. He knows this track. So I think that that's going to bode well for him for the sprint race specifically. And then I think Bagnai is probably going to take second. Bagnai was not – he was like fifth last year. Yeah, he was fifth last year. So it's not like he was bad last year. He just wasn't quite there. And then we know how rough the front of the season was for him. Yeah. And we've seen how that's kind of gone. So I think that Bagnai is probably going to be around second. And I'm actually putting Maverick third because Maverick has won here before. Not on an Aprilia, but he has won at this track. In the past, so when Yamaha was still in their heyday, <laughs> yeah. So I think that Mavericks got the ability on this Aprilia to be on the podium in the sprint race because, I mean, he's good. He's good in the sprint race. But if if somebody you know didn't put the right number of ice cubes in his drink that morning, it might ruin everything. So that's all it takes for Maverick to not be able to ride fast. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the sprint race predictions that I have that you have. What about the main race? Yeah, this one's a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um, I might end up regretting saying all of this, but... Yours is weird. It is. <laughs> I think... So, I'm going to start from third and go to first, because in third place, I think, is probably my most controversial pick. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, Alex Renz has not really shown us anything yet. <laughs> anything. I, he was but, better than Mir, though, which we said he would be. Yeah. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. So I feel like, um, you know, based off what I saw with him, he just hasn't, he's got to get used to that bike. He's not on a factory team. He's not getting the same support as, you know, Juan Mir is. But I do feel like this next track, I feel like, you know, he maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he won't get third. But I do think we're going to see more of him this next week. Um, That's fair. In second place, uh, Maverick. I just, he seems really strong this year. I don't know if he's going to be better than Elise overall, but I mean he's he's been looking really really consistent and strong, which is not something I'm used to seeing from him. I think consistency is a big thing that he's lacked in, and I think if he can do what he did in this last race, if Pecco's not towards the front, I think he has a really good chance of getting second place again, and maybe even getting first. Well, and to your point with that, I I actually think you're making a lot of good sense here. Uh, I do think that with that being said with Maverick, it seems like he's fixed whatever that problem was where he couldn't go fast with a full tank of gas, you know, which is why I expect him to do well in the sprint race because he does well without a full tank, but he did pretty good. (laughs) He did pretty good with his full tank of gas last week. So he did, you know, 
but my first place, I have Fabio. I think. Ooh. I think he he's that's probably my other wild card is especially after this first race he did not look like the Fabio we saw last year. Um, uh. But he is on a completely different motorcycle, and I think there's some issues that it looks like that they're having. Um, it's not as squirrely as the Honda. Honda just it looks like it's all over the place. The 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 Yamaha still looks stable and yeah, solid. Yeah, and he's carrying faster speed. He had great pace last week. I mean, he was running in the low one thirty nines, just like everybody in the front. But he, he did, just started so far back. Yeah, I still. But that you know, I feel like I thought the the top speed thing was going to help him solve a lot of that. But the top speed improvement that they have, I haven't actually seen it help him that much. Well, it's because you haven't. Yamaha's biggest problem. You know, I have two problems right now. And one was unforeseen. Nobody knew that they were going to have launch problems. That was weird. Because typically in the past, they've been pretty good off the line. I thought he kind of had struggles with launch he, before. Well, he kind of fixed that, and it's weird that that's back. I don't know what that is. Because it's a new bike. True. But what everybody knew was a problem with Yamaha was that they have had a hard time, even in testing, getting that one-lap pace on yeah. like fresh, soft tires. They haven't been able to figure that out. Personally, I think that they need to do what KTM did. I think that they've probably got an electronic issue that can solve that. Because if they can figure out the the one lap time, it's going to put Fabio up in the front. If he can start on the first row or the second row, yeah, he's going to contend. Because he definitely has a hard time with that navigation of the crowd at times. I mean, but he navigated fine through the crowd. He just started so far back. He got too much crowd to navigate through. Yeah. In general, you know, even even Jorge Martin ended up way back there, and he's faster than Spit, and he, like, was behind Fabio moving through the crowd. You know, it's just yeah. there's so many, and the bikes are so good now, and, and there's so many good racers on the track. I mean, it looked like a Moto3 race at points for that fourth place it spot. Did. It did. You know, that's crazy. It was it was actually a little reminiscent of 2019 racing. It was. It, which was really great. I was like, ooh, yeah. I, You know, I will say that it didn't really seem like they were having too much problems with passing, which that's what I was nervous about because of their tire pressure that they're enforcing and now all of that, like the, all Seemed of this okay. era, arrow. So that was, that was, although we did have a lot of crashing. Well, and I wonder if that's because they did testing there and then they had all that time on track, so everybody's a little probably more confident than they should be Yeah. Um, because they've been riding on the track so much over the last like four or five days. So I think that has a little bit to do with it, but we'll see because this week in Argentina is kind of, this is what we got. So you've chosen Renz third, Maverick second, Fabio first. Mine's a little different. Uh, I think I chose, I'll start third and go to first, just like you did. I chose Bagnai for third, just because at this point, the dude just looks like he can't be stopped. Yeah. And I do think that there's going to be some trouble for him this time, because like I said, he, he didn't, it's not like he podiumed or won last year. So I think that potentially that's going to mean that some people are better at this track than he is. But I think that he'll probably get on the podium in third. I swear, if he wins the sprint in main race, I'm just... Uh, and it's, it. it's frustrating because the people that I think could would really be messing him up, like Anaya, Mark. Mark, they're not in now. <laughs> you know, so uh, second place, I've got a leish 
because like you said, Alicia's got great history here. He won last year. I think he's going into this going, this is my opportunity to to whoop up on Maverick a little bit and make sure everybody knows that I'm the number one rider here. So that could either go great for him or bad. <laughs> but I think that it's going to pay off for him. I think he's going to get second. First place, I actually think that as long as Jorge's foot is good to go, I think that he's going to stick it out and show everybody that he doesn't always crash. You know, he can finish a race and win a race. Yeah. Because that's what he needs to show, and he's he seems really comfortable on the GP23. Is, is it GP? I can't remember. No, it's not. It's the twenty. It's the twenty three, the the twenty three Ducati. He seems really comfortable on that, which is great. And I think that he's gonna get. I think he's gonna win. I really do. I I would love to see anybody but Pecco get thirty seven points in a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. The reason I didn't put Fabio up there, my heart wants him up there so bad. I I want Fabio to win every race. So just in case everybody's wondering, I have not jumped off the Fabio train. I am fully in there but I think that they've got to figure out those two things I do think that Yamaha was fully aware of this Fabio was aware of this he said it before the season everybody's acting like Fabio's just done like even commentating on the race they rarely even looked at Fabio he's like moving up through the pack and they didn't show him until he got like in contention for that pack for fourth place they hardly showed him in the race at all mm -hmm. which was really frustrating because i'm watching his name just moving up moving up moving up i'm like he's doing the business back there come yeah. on now yeah but they wouldn't show him because he's not towards the front of the pack but here's the thing everybody seems to have given up on him for this season but before the season started he said listen we're looking at peco's season last year he started off slow and that ramped up as they developed the bike and as you said ty it's a brand new bike essentially mm -hmm. there's some work to to do on it and they're going to get there and i think that he's going to come in hot a little bit later we just got to hope that peco doesn't get too big of a gap because right now the world championship standings peco has got 37 points and fabio has eight that's a big gap already that's the, i think the my honestly the injuries i feel like some of that i don't know i would chalk it all up to sprint because i feel like a lot of that would have happened without the sprint racing um, especially like the incident with Mark. I don't know that the sprint racing made that any worse. Um, but I definitely think the points, I just feel like you know, if you have one bad weekend, you're not losing once you're losing twice. Yeah. Now, you know, I've heard other people also make the opposite argument of because you, now you have twice the amount of points to make up. You can you have um, twice the opportunity to make up those points. But I think that's the thing is I feel like right now we saw Pekka win the sprint in the main race. I don't feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of people win both the entire season. Yeah, that's probably true. I feel like you're going to see of several races where the top three are completely different from the sprint mm -hmm. to the main. I could be wrong. I would be surprised if every race is like that, you know, but, you know. I mean, the podiums, other than Pekka, were completely different in both races this yep. week. So you, you might be on to something there. Um but yeah, I mean, th so that's our picks. That's we'll see what happens. Uh, it could make for some exciting late season because if you have somebody who's, you know, significantly behind, and then the person in front maybe they don't do well for the sprint in main. Let's and also just, just, just jumps up there. Take a note here and say that the people who were first, second, and third in qualifying for the sprint race got first, second, and third. 
not in that same order, but they were the podium. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the front row was the podium. It's such a short race. Though. I think that that's to to be acknowledged and seen. So I feel like that's kind of you're basically almost unless you um, completely bugger it up, then you know it almost looks like qualifying. It's like you're getting points for for scoring well and qualifying. Yeah. All right, we still got a lot to get through, so let's talk about race predict. Or sorry, the fantasy results. Uh, so for me, uh, I had a bad weekend. And it's because everybody on my team crashed, basically. I can't um, say anything. Or got hit, or just everything fell apart for them. So I got four. I'm in 45th place right now out of 50. It's not good. Uh, I got 92 and a half points. Um, so that's just where I'm at. Ty, you're in 34th place. I was in first or second, and then Mark. <laughs> yep. Well, you got 113 and a half points. So it's just. We're 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 a little behind right now. Well, okay, I know this is we just, we don't have this written down to talk about, but just out of curiosity, because this is subject to change. I know I will more than likely make a change at some point. Well, actually, I only have two trades remaining, so I think I'm pretty much locked in. But who do you have on your team right now? Oh, on my team currently, I have Fabio Quadraro on gold. Because you can now go look at everybody's team. You just go into the league, click on their name, and it'll show you what their team is from the previous week. So I have Fabio Quadraro, Jorge Martin on my gold team, and then I have Luca Marini and Marco Bedzecchi on my silver team. Aprilia is my constructor, and my team is Grassini, which I found out how they score the team. They take the two riders on the team, and they give you the average of their score. So... It's the same way that they do the constructor. The constructor takes the two best riders on, under their banner and gives their score, which is why Ducati got 40 points. Well, KTM girl is the first place person in the yep. league right now. Good job. She had Peko Bagnaya and Maverick Vinales on their team. And then they also yep. had Maverick. They had Alex Marquez. And I don't know how they worked this out financially. This is just... They spent... She spent all 15 mil. She got Ducati as her constructor and Peko Bagnaya and Maverick, Maverick Vinales. She, I mean, she saw something we didn't see. But here's the thing. I, she had Luca Marini who got one stinking point, just like me. And she still, she's got this. That's because she got 57 or 58.5 points from Peko, 37.5. Yeah, 48 and a half. And then she got 40 from Ducati. I mean, it's just absurd. Absurd. And I didn't pick them because I just... There's too much of my heart in it. <laughs> Although I think you know what you know what's interesting is second place is um, they're only seven points away, and they've got a very odd team. <laughs> they, I mean, honestly, kudos because so they they spent a lot of money on factory Ducati. Yep. But they have Jack Miller on their gold team. Yep. They picked they picked a really solid team at, with less money because they also have Premac as their their uh, team be, and that's an expensive team to have as well so yeah they did that was a unique one so that just shows you that you don't have to there's not a singular way that you put this together and get it however it looks like ktm girl used a boost on oh. her first race which i think that's going to come back to bite her you don't want to use those right off the rip uh so I don't know uh, who I mean, she boosted, I mean, but you want to get as much points from that boost as possible. Yeah, um, and I, that's not a necessarily. If you pick Peko Bagnaya getting sprint and main, I mean, I don't know how often that's going to happen. Yeah, but I'm just saying she boot she used a boost and uh, Ryder Grin Racing <laughs> uh, from Sweden. He he or she, I don't know, 
they did not use a boost, and they were only seven points away from her. That's true. So, interesting, interesting strategies that we're seeing here in the wheel-to-wheel league, and we will see how they shake out as we move on. But currently, KTM Girl is in the lead, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but here's the thing. We need to talk about what... What are what are we recommending? <laughs> You're probably like, why would we listen to you guys? <laughs> but here's the thing. As, as I'm looking at the landscape of things, let's talk about the manufacturers here. If you're looking to change, manufacturers, your constructor is not one that you typically change a whole lot uh, in my experience. That is, uh, you kind of stick with what you got there. But if you are looking to change, I think that the two that really stand out to me are KTM and Aprilia. They both cost the same. They're $2.7 million. But if you're looking to like make a, a switch, like say maybe you had Yamaha on your team or you had Ducati, but you want to get a better rider because you got terrible riders or something and you didn't do well in your rider market, if you're looking for something a little cheaper to be able to move some money around, Aprilia or KTM I think are your best bets because clearly KTM has shown that they're going to be solid. They're at least going to be in the top 10 fighting and yeah, just don't get the gas gas team confused with Ducati. Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. Uh, well, I'm talking about constructors right now. So gas oh. gas, not there, but, uh, Aprilia obviously also did really well. Um, so I think that those are your two best bets. They cost the same. So up to you. I think that Aprilia is probably the better choice. If you have the cash and you can afford Ducati, I mean, get you, them. They have eight bikes in the paddock. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Which means that two of them are gonna do well. I every think that week. everybody in the top five has Ducati. Yep, everybody, and that, that's forty points right there. Yes, which is one one person I think doesn't have the Ducati. Yeah, I think the they have five. Yamaha, <laughs> but they also I think I don't know if they. Yeah. Anyways, it, it's crazy just how many points you're gonna get from Ducati. Yeah. So let's talk about the teams. So here's the thing about the teams. When you look at which teams did well this week, I'm just telling you, Aprilia did the best. They did better than any other team because uh, when you look at Lenovo Ducati, they did almost as good, but they lost one of their riders. Mm -hmm. Because this isn't Ducati across the board. This is the Lenovo factory team. So unless... If they're both in, obviously that's a great team to have because Anaya and Pekka, they're both going to do well. But Aprilia outdid them this week because they had both their riders in. And I think that if you look at Maverick, he doesn't crash a lot. And Aleish doesn't really crash a ton either. They're going to be in the races like every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Unless you get a repeat of the end of the 2022 season. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that because um, <laughs> we're talking about the now, Ty, the now. Um, but they also have a satellite team, which means they're getting data as well, which is hopefully going to prevent that. Uh, but Aprilia is a great choice. Uh, the other team that I would look at and recommend would, uh, again, be KTM. They're cheaper. Mm-hmm. They're $2.5 million, or sorry, $2.7 million. Uh, So them and Aprilia are the same price again uh, as far as teams go. But they're a good choice if you're looking for somebody who is kind of a dark horse, uh, and they did really well this week too. But if you want an even cheaper one, but I think long-term better is the team that you have, which is Pramac. Yep. 
I think they're going to be good. I think that KTM, if they do well again, they're probably going to go up in price as well as Premac. But you got Zarco and Jorge. Both of them kind of did really well this weekend. Jorge got a podium in the uh, sprint race, and Zarco was fourth place in the main. So, yeah, you know, you're looking at pretty good odds there as well. I was trying to figure out a way that I could weasel uh, Premac onto my team, but I just don't have the monies to do it. But... Ty, what, what are we talking about with riders here? Well, I added, I know we've got, um, you know, best value and high potential for points. I just added a rider in here that I just feel like is still, he's not the cheapest, but Jack Miller is definitely, I don't think I was even considering him Same. at the beginning of the season. <sighs> See, here's the thing. You got wild card on Jack Miller. I would put Jack Miller slash Brad Bender, <laughs> but Brad Bender is way more expensive. Yeah. Brad Bender's way more expensive, and I don't think he's going to finish before Jack Miller yeah. more often. Brad Miller's two point eight million. Brad Bender. Yeah, Brad is two point. <laughs> he said Brad Miller. Did I really? <laughs> <laughs> Brad Bender is two point eight million, and Jack Miller is two point six. So that's actually not as different as I thought. Yeah, but I still think I I could be wrong. Um, you know, I'm more I'm more than okay with being wrong sometimes, but I. I still don't believe that Brad Bender is going to be finishing before Jack Miller more often. And so I think for 2.6, you have a little bit more of a wild card. Mm. You get your favorite Australian. And I think he's going to be doing a really good job this year. I agree. I think that's a good wild card pick. Uh, so I think one that is, hmm, I don't really know how to describe it, but what I wrote here is this could be his season and he's still cheap right now <laughs> is Maverick Vinales. He's 2.2 million right now. Yeah. I think that if you wanted to put him on your team, that's a good choice. I actually have him on my silver team. Yeah, I think that's a really good choice to have him on your team because here's the thing. If he's if he does well again, he's going to go up in value. And then if you see him fall off a little bit, he's not going to tank in value, but he's probably going to either go back to his original value or still be a little above. And then you can like be like, okay, he's falling apart. We know what's going to happen. You can get rid of him and get somebody better. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that he is a good choice right now in the short term to see how he does yeah uh, because he's still cheap you know but as you have said as i have said the best value is alex marquez alex marquez he's the best value he's two million he's gonna compete he's on a great bike he's on the 22 ducati but it doesn't matter it's still a great bike it was a great bike last year it's a great bike this year I mean, he's one of the cheapest riders that are on a ducati Yes, and that's a significant. I, I feel like that definitely just goes to show you how much difference that bike makes. Yeah, absolutely. I still, I mean, if, what, I wonder what it would be like if Ducati had a sponsored Ducati race and everybody got a Lenovo Ducati. <laughs> wow, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be crazy. I wonder how Pecco would fare in that. I mean, he's got the most experience with that bike, so I mean that's an edge. But I just want to see what Marquez would look like or Fabio on that bike or yeah. lace all these guys that have just been on like kind of you know laughing. or jack miller coming back and just absolutely blistering everybody just oh, to gosh. just to be like see what's up because <laughs> he was really upset about everybody saying the ktm was trash he came out on social media and was like yeah everybody said that we sucked but we don't <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so <laughs> that that would be interesting to see a bunch of the Ducatis all together. You know, if like I had that. like, if I could go like just grab food with any MotoGP rider, hands down, it would be Jack Miller. <laughs> I mean, Mark Marquez would be fun, but I also just feel like he'd be sitting there like thinking about the next race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 
All right, so that, Alex Marquez is our best value right now. Uh, I think that a great person to have, he's on my team, is Marco Bezzecchi. Marco, Marco, Marco. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's, not, that's not the same. You shouldn't yeah, do that again. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I went back and forth between Marco and Luca because Luca is going to be super consistent. I think that this weekend was a fluke for him. I think that he's going to go back to being a really, really consistent top 10 rider. He's going to get you points every week. He's a perfect perfect silver team rider but what marco gets you for 0.1 million more he gets you podium contention yeah or you know what i mean or nothing well he didn't crash all that much last year but he was still up there with because he's got the same riding style as luca why because they ride like like um gosh rossi it was cool seeing uh and um pecco like fist bumping. Yeah. Although it was kind of funny in the video, it looks like Petko was like swats, yeah. swats him away, and he goes, "Oh, oh, we're friends." Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did the academy together. Val- Valentina Rossi is sitting there somewhere, going, "I'm so proud." But yeah, that's the thing. Like of of the guys from the academy, it looks to me like Bezeki and Luca ride a lot more similar to Rossi in that they're a little safer. Yeah. And they're not necessarily like just absolutely blistering, but they're consistent. And that's dangerous because, like we've said, what if Luca gets sixth place in every, every race. sprint race and in every main race? Yep. He might win. <laughs> you know or what I mean? Or Pecco just gets first he'll place every himself. single race for the rest of the season. Yeah, he'll Juan Mir himself right into the championship, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about winning a championship until I win a race. <laughs> yeah, so I think that Marco Bedzecki is a really good choice because I think he's going to get you more points than Luca on a regular basis or close to the same, yeah. but he puts you in some podium contention on some times. And I think he might could win a race this year. I, I, would, I wouldn't put it past him. I you don't know? think it's likely, but yeah. So here's the thing that is frustrating for me about fantasy right now. I wish that I had three trades since they added a whole nother component. Yeah. I mean, so they added the, now you don't just have a constructor. Now you have a specific team, which that takes less money. Yes. Um, your money doesn't go as far. And they only gave you an extra million. And so you have more potential for more points. If you if you actually, the stars align like Maverick Vinales in a race, then you could just score so much money. Yeah. But the problem is, it's a lot more money to go further, and it's kind of hard to do because, you know, the good riders are expensive. The good team is expensive. Well, it's like Haley. If Haley had three trades this week, I think she might be unstoppable. But she's only got two, which means she can't make it all work. And after next week, the money, like the expenses are going to change for everybody. So I'm yeah. like, now you don't know. So you can't like make two trades in hopes that you're going to get to make the one next week because you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. So that good on MotoGP for not making it too easy, yeah. but making it strategic because you got to be really strategic in what you do, which is what I love about fantasy MotoGP. It's so much better than fantasy football. I'm just here to say it. If anybody wants to so argue with me, you're, they you're can fight me. You're here making fun of uh, fantasy football, and I'm over here making fun of NASCAR. We're going to make a lot of fans and not happy. Listen, that's okay. I, I do fantasy football, and I'm telling you this is more fun, and it is more strategic and you don't have to devote your entire life to it. <laughs> I still think it's funny. I got added into this fantasy football team when I was still living in Arkansas. And you won. And I, I just left. And so I wasn't even there anymore to talk trash. I wasn't like in their group chat anymore. And I just I, I won their 
fantasy football league and I wasn't even there. Jeez. Um, but. So, all right, well, we are running out of time, but there are a couple of hot takes that I would like to talk about. Sure. So we'll try and do those quick. Uh, specifically, we already talked about Paul Esperargo, but we just want to say again, like we, we've ragged on Paul a lot. Yeah. But... I, I, you know, I talk a lot of trash, but I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Well, here's the thing. He's a little bit older as far as MotoGP goes. He's a little bit older. And Dakota, this is, we're ancient. Yeah, I know. But as far as MotoGP riders go, he's on the older end of it, and he has fractured a vertebra and broke his jaw, which tells you how bad that crash was Yeah. to have the helmets that they have and him still, which is kind of, everybody's saying is a bit on... Uh, Portugal for not having the proper gravel in their pits. Um, so I don't know what the deal is, but I hope that he can come back. It's going to really stink if this is how his MotoGP career ends, you know? But another thing is uh, we already talked about Yamaha. I think that they're going to figure it out. Hopefully it will because I really want Fabio to be competitive. <laughs> um, not that you're, you know, biased or anything. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I think let's talk about the penalty that Mark got. He got a double long lap penalty for Argentina, which obviously some people some people don't even feel like that's enough. Some people well, that's think, that's what I was gonna say. I don't know that it's enough either. I think a better penalty. I was reading an article and somebody suggested this, and I think it's a really good. I think it's a really good penalty for what happened because he cost multiple riders the chance to win like Oliveira at his home track. He would, he had real potential to do very well in that race. Yeah. Not only that, he cost him another race potentially more than that. Well, I mean, it, it, I know the, the chances of someone actually like winning, you know, sprint and, and thing, but I mean, he costed him like 74 points. Yeah. Well, and then in addition to that, he costs Jorge Martin a lot, and he injured Jorge Martin, which potentially is going to cost him more in the future as well. I know that it's all racing. Again, I'm not putting that all on Mark, but I think that because I don't think that the long lap penalties are very good in general. Like, they're super inconsistent. I actually kind of feel like the one thing I don't like about the long lap penalties, for most riders, it might actually work for Mark Marquez, and it might actually make yeah. him more dangerous. Well, I would say I think that they're actually more dangerous because you're having a rider leave the race and re-enter yeah. That's just, I don't know. That just doesn't seem smart. I think they should have him start from pit. Do a pit lane start. That actually, that, that that's would, a significant. That also though might make him more dangerous because you're gonna make him rabid. Yeah, but then he's gonna crash behind everybody because the bike isn't capable of doing. Well, you know, he's not gonna crash behind everybody. <laughs> it's not gonna happen until he's in fifth place and he's gonna take out Fabio. But here's the thing. I don't know that... He's been watching Takanakagami for way too long. I don't know that his bike can... I don't know that it can do that. But anyways, I think that that would be a significant enough thing. That's going to prevent him from getting a podium almost certainly because of the bike he's on. Now, if we were talking 2019, Mark, I don't know that anything... He, you'd have to just tell him he can't race because nothing you're going to do is actually going to affect him. Yeah. But it's different now. Uh, so I think that a pit start would be harsh enough to really say this is going to cost you this race. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would be my thing. I mean, so I was going to say two things. I, a lot of people have quoted something that Mark, uh, that Valentino Rossi said in 2018, which was, um, you know, right before the 2019 season, Valentino Rossi actually accused Mark Marquez of ruining the sport. 
Um, now I think half of that was drummed up to, you know, he's bringing up drama, which makes it more entertaining to watch. Um, but I do see a lot of people, Mark Marquez is my favorite writer, but I do feel like he lacks one thing that other writers have. And I think that might also be part of why he was so successful is I don't, I just don't, I can't see him ever really restraining himself during a race. I feel like Mm -hmm. he just has to go for broke. And I think that's just the one thing holding him back. And so my kind of hot take going off of what you were saying is I'm afraid Mark might be done. Yeah, I mean, if he can't restrain himself, which he has to because the machine can't do what maybe he's capable of doing if he had a better machine. Like if he was on the Ducati, I don't think anybody could beat him. Well, I'm saying I think he's done for a couple things. Uh, If he can't win a championship and he's getting older He's going to get surgery again, mm-hmm. and we're gonna, you know, we have to get to see how that's gonna affect his riding, because that's, you know, gonna make it even harder for him. Honda, as much as they love Mark, they're gonna probably at some point, it's either gonna be him leaving Honda or Honda leaving Mark. Um, and so the thing that I'm worried about is with his track record. I mean, this is his, the first race of this season, and he's already taken half the people out. Mm. You know, as a constructor, do you want to hire Mark? Because it used to be if Mark was on your team, you at least had championship contender. Sure. Now you've, it's almost like he seems like he's put himself more as a liability. So if he doesn't pick himself up for the rest of the season, I can't see him going anywhere. Once yeah, and again, I just go back to how much of that is because he's on such a bad machine. Because if you look at every other Honda... Mm-hmm. No one was even close to where he was. Yeah. Which tells you that he was riding that thing way to to the degree way further to a degree than it was actually capable of being ridden. Yeah. Which tells you that he's still awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm another manufacturer, I'm like, leave Honda. But <laughs> I still our bike is better. Yeah. I still think though the same reason why Joan Mir got the Factory spot and Alex Rins didn't. It might be the same reason why Mark Marquez doesn't get another spot. Good point. Um, but yeah, on to the next. Yeah, so um, sprint ra- I, I There's two more here. I, I wrote on here that sprint races are dangerous. I still think that they are. I think that you're going to see. I mean, you've. It's dangerous for reasons that we didn't even think about. They're just nuts. Like, they I mean, literally, when that race started. From the point it started to the point it ended, those dudes were maniacs. It Because they're going, I only have 12 laps to make this happen. I thought that you would see half the grid kind of chilling out. No. <laughs> they were all nuts. Now, I'm trying to decide whether or not that's attributed to their comfortability on the track in Portugal because they had been there for two days or My, not. I had one thought. What if if you didn't qualify in the top 13 places? then you didn't get to race in the sprint race. I think that that would be good. Because, I mean, you're not getting points anyway. Correct. So, I mean, I guess you could technically work your way up, but... I think only 14 of them finished the sprint race. <laughs> I Yeah, I think... Only, or I know only 14 finished the uh, main race because Franco Morbidelli was in 14th. The rookie beat him because Franco is trash. <laughs> And that's no help to Fabio whatsoever because their data from Franco means nothing. 
So literally, the only data that Yamaha is getting. So Yamaha, you have is, no, no data from Franco, and Takanakagami's data might be actually sabotaging <laughs> Mr. Honda. Maybe um, so. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see this sprint race. I did not find it. Yes, it was pretty entertaining. However, I was just going like, I just felt like it was too much. I just feel like it's too much. I feel like the riders are going to get worn out. I feel like you're going to see a lot of injury this year, which doesn't help the sport because if you have your top riders not racing anymore, you're losing momentum. You're not gaining it. So I struggle. I'm struggling with the sprint races. We'll see next week how I feel about it. But last thing I got is that KTM, is it a flash in the pan or are they going to actually be? I think they're going to be. I think. I think KTM is going to be what Aprilia was last year. Hmm. So I don't think they're going to be, I think they're going to be, I feel like for the first half of the season, they're going to do really, really well. And then you might see them putter off towards the end. But I really feel like watching Brad Bender and Jack Miller ride, it looks so similar to Elise and Maverick last year. They have put such a good team together. Brad Bender, and although I will say Brad Bender and Jack Miller get along so much better than Maverick and Elise do. And I, I just want to make a meme of, like, the KTM bros. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't know because in the past we've seen really good glimmers from KTM and then they're just not there. Like, yeah. Bender has always been good. Bender's a really good he's rider. The, he's the current Cal Crutchlow. Yeah, but, I mean, he's he's up there in the top, like, six or so usually in yeah. the championship. He, he's the he's the current Cal. That's a great that's actually really good. Come on, Crutchlow. I mean, I mean, one. it's actually interesting because you see so many um, older riders, their riding style, and even not even just their riding style, but how well they do and their placement being replaced by someone who's eerily similar. Because mm-hmm. now you have Brad Bender and um, in you know Jack Miller kind of looking like Alish and Maverick, but Brad Bender kind of also reminds us of Cal Crutchlow. You have Jorge Martin, who is always compared to Johan Zarco. Yeah. So I mean, it's just interesting that you're seeing all these riders that are kind of Maverick Vinyasa also is compared a lot to Jorge Lorenzo. So it's all these riding styles because yeah. they're they're very very similar. Hmm. Um, but I have one hot take. It's not really a hot take. It's more of just interesting thing. I don't know. Did you know that there's a new helmet in the grid? I knew that. I don't know anything about it. Do though. you know what brand it is? No. Alpine Star. Really? The leather manufacturer. So Jack Miller, helmets. Jorge Martin. Their helmets were Alpine Star, and so I, the thing that I'm interested in—that's what gave them the extra horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that I'm interested in is, first of all, the helmet looks sick. You can't buy it yet. It's it's the MotoGP. I didn't helmet. even know Alpine Star made helmets. But they made dirt bike helmets. Well, I knew that. I didn't know they made like street helmets. They or don't. Apparently now MotoGP helmets. They they they're str- That's the thing is, I wonder if this is going to trickle down into you know us you know mere mortals, or if it's going to be something <laughs> that stays in MotoGP. But I'm also interested to see, because you have a lot of athletes like Marquez, or literally most people on the grid. I mean, some you have some, I think you might have a couple Speedy or Dianese. Fabio is on the HJC train. Yeah. But, I mean, but it's going to be interesting. Well, I'm talking about uh, with the leathers. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you have Speedy, Dianese, Alpine Star. What about athletes like Mar- Marquez that are wearing Alpine Star leathers, but he has a shoey helmet? <laughs> And now you're going to have this conflicting interest because before Alpine Star and Chewy could maintain the same space because they had two separate products. But now you have Alpine Star having a product in the leathers. 
So now it's almost like there's competition where there wasn't before. And I just wonder if that's going to have any impact. It's not going to be a large impact, if anything, but it would be interesting to see what happens to that. I don't necessarily think it's going to have any impact on like the racers or any of that. I think that it's just more for their managers to deal with. Yeah. You know, because the, the, the riders are going to, they don't care what they're wearing. They're going to wear whatever's going to give them the, Jorge Lorenzo the money. Did. That's because Jorge Lorenzo was a prima donna. Well, actually, so he actually, <laughs> Jorge Lorenzo was on the HJC and he switched to Shark because he actually had a race where his visor fogged up so bad and he got really hurt. Like it was really, it was. Well, that's a good reason. His, one of I his take wor- back what I said. He is of, still a prima donna, but <laughs> that's a good reason. But that was like one of his worst accidents and he went to Shark and he never went back to HJC. Interesting. So, hmm. but a little, little fun fact. That is a fun fact. All right. Well. Not for Jorge. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff we've tried to pack into one episode. I don't know that every episode will be this packed because hopefully there won't be. This was the this first race of well, with so much new stuff. I was like, well, and hopefully there won't be so much crashing and craziness. We just might have a very uh, dramatic season. You know, you know, you talk about you know how many racers are going to finish the race. How many racers are going to finish this season? That's my point. That's my point. What about if we this. have like eleven people actually finish the race? It's too much. It's too much. So. Let us know what your thoughts are. Do you think the sprint races are too much? Do you think that they were the best thing ever? Let us know. We want to hear from you guys. If we hear from you guys, we will probably tailor some of our uh, content towards what you guys are saying. But we also want to hear about what you think the best fantasy picks are. Tell us how bad you think that ours are. Tell us what you think the best value is. Tell us what you think the best wild card pick out there is. We want to hear your opinions. And if you have questions, if you just feel... Like you want to grace us with questions on what you think that or what we think you should do, let us know. We'll give you our opinion. We can't promise that it's going to be good, but we'll let you know what we think. Yeah, I feel like in order for us to actually have this podcast, we should win. If we <laughs> lose, then what are we doing? Listen, I did good last year, so <laughs> I think we might be exposing ourselves. Just a little that bit was a little much. bit of my credibility was my score last year, but. Um, <laughs> Connect with us on social media. If you want to ask us those questions and touch base with us, you can do that on Instagram at wheel to wheel podcast. That's wheel number two wheel podcast. Uh, shoot us a DM, ask us your questions. We will respond. Uh, this, this season we're going to be throwing up some reaction stories and stuff like that during, during and after the races. Uh, hopefully me and Ty will be together for some of those. If we're not, it's no big deal. He'll, he'll throw some up. I'll throw some up. It's going to be fun. Uh, We might even do some live stuff uh, for you guys to interact with us then. Also, we want to remind you that there is listener support. We love that you take the time to listen to our podcast. We're super grateful for that. But we have some plans that we would like to accomplish. If you want to be a part of that and help us do that financially, uh, you can do so by going to the Instagram page, clicking on the link tree, and that will take you to where you can uh, provide listener support. Uh, and you can do that through uh, several different ways, and it's really customizable. So take some time, go over there if you want to. We would greatly appreciate it, and it would go a long way. But other than that, we appreciate your support through liking the podcast, rating the podcast, writing a review goes a long way for the algorithm. So we just appreciate your time and support and listening, and we are excited to head to Argentina next week, and we will catch you after the race. See you guys next time. Thank you.